we were trying to uncover, you know, what are the the psychological and political underpinnings of growing extremism that we're seeing nationally and globally. We recently just went to Bosnia and met with key political and community leaders, interviewing them about their experiences during the genocide and also how they're repairing their country, their cultural identity, and their growing conflict in politics, how they're trying to find peace and harmony and move a path moving forward. Um, with inevitable challenges, you know, working towards peace building, really trying to understand intractable, protracted ethnic conflict, um, and how there could be a way out. You know, unfortunately, we're seeing this growing national divide here in the US. And there is an us versus them rhetoric. And that is so dangerous, because that is really what led to the political persecution in Iraq. And I'm you know, I'm very aware, hypervigilantly aware that this could happen here. We like to think that it happens overseas in places like Iraq or Afghanistan or Bosnia. Um, but people who have survived that kind of trauma really understand how quickly it could happen here. And I think we can't let that freedom and liberty and personal agency and accountability be taken for granted. And our democracy is a really wonderful thing. I mean, what our founding fathers have created for us is not something to just give up on. It's something worth fighting for and preserving. And it's scary to see how this divide is hurting people. It's hurting people in an independent level. People are afraid to have conversations with people that they love because they don't want to upset them or make them angry or create further discord or disharmony. They don't know what kind of topics or conversations to bring up during the holiday season when they're sitting around the dinner table because everyone's like all on edge and they just want to know like, are you in my camp or the other camp? And that is so dangerous. We have to be able to communicate with people we disagree with. We have to still be able to respect them. We still have to come to some kind of shared understanding. If we don't see the shared humanity in us all, that is a risk factor for losing what we've created and what we've got here. And it is so worthy of preserving. As Alexander Solzhenitsyn said in his book, in the Gulag Archipelago, you know, we all have capacity for good and evil inside of us. We all do. And it's whether or not we choose. And a politician or a leader who is giving us some kind of simple rhetoric to help fuel our rage or paranoia or fear, be aware. And there are psychological processes that happen here when the amygdala, we call it, it's the amygdala hijack, when your emotions get amplified, such as fear, hypervigilance, or paranoia, you feel like your life is under threat, you aren't using your frontal lobe, which is needed for executive function and judgment and appreciating consequences and rationality and optimism. And so you are going to be more primed at that point to really listen and gravitate towards what they have to say, because you just want a simple solution. And usually simple solutions that people or leaders like that are giving us are ones that are fueled by hatred and, and resentment and violence. And really there's a benefit that they get to making you fearful. So being aware of your agency, how you're losing control and your power, who you're giving your power to, 
um, are all really critical. And we talk about this in various episodes that we do on the Optimistic American. We we kind of branch out from our book and uh, going into some kind of like psychological tips and strategies that are very practical that people can practice in their family life and their business and political engagement while still maintaining their control and power and agency over their lives. 